Kia ora and welcome to Tech Bytes. I'm Craig Young, I'm the CEO of Turns. Once a month I sit down with a digital leader and have a chat about things that are important and their background. This month I'm talking with the Honourable Judith Collins, the opposition spokesperson on technology. I hope you enjoy this session. Hey, well, kia ora and welcome everybody to this month's Tech Bytes. It's a real pleasure um, to end the year speaking with um, the Honourable Judith Collins. I can just call you Judith, I hope. Um, yep. yep. Look, and she really needs no introduction. Um, but I will say that she's currently the opposition spokesperson on research, science, artificial intelligence, which is an interesting one. We'll come back to that, and technology. Um, so welcome, Judith. Uh, would you mind starting by just introducing yourself? I know that's a little yep. bit um, not really needed, but explain <laughs> a little bit about your highlights of your journey as an MP. Um, after all, is a pretty impressive background. Thank you, Craig, and, and thanks very much for having me and um, kia ora to everyone who's watching as well. Look, um, I've been a Member of Parliament now for 20 years, and before that I was a lawyer and company director for 20 years, So, um, but I'm going to continue to be an MP, so <laughs> just I enjoy it so much. And I've got the research, science, innovation, um, artificial intelligence and tech portfolios, uh, primarily because I wanted these. And... It's because in my journey as a member of parliament and a minister, and I had eight portfolios when we were last in government, um, and a whole range of areas uh, from justice to veterans affairs to ethnic communities, all sorts of things. What I really love about the tech sector and the science sectors is that they're all focused on solutions. So essentially, why would we want to invent some new tech or do some more scientific research or innovate or look at our AI or anything like that, unless we're looking for solutions? Mm-hmm. And what I that, that to me is the secret. And I just I you know had so many different portfolios, but this I have to say is I love it to bits, and it's because it's so positive, and the people I meet are so positive. Mm. Cool. Hey, look, let's, I'm sorry to take you back into your history, yeah. but um, you, you've already talked about the fact that before you became an MP, you were a lawyer, and we do get quite a few um, young, uh, you know, some of our future leaders listening into these conversations. So we go back to, um, you know, what got you into the law? Why did you get into that? And, and where was your career heading at that point? Right. So I was... Um... As I said, I was a lawyer. I got into law past, partly because I mean I was always good at school, and I was I was good in the in the history and English, but I was also good in sciences. So I had a combination. I could have gone either way um, down there. And but what I'd seen, I have to say, it's as as as, as trivial as this. I'd seen on television lawyers, women lawyers being portrayed as being able to stand up for people and to make things right. And as a teenager, this was enchanting to me. And um, anyway, so I, I thought I'd do this. I had no, no, you know, lawyers in our family, uh, immediate family. We're, we're farming people. And um, and the other thing is someone told me I should not do it. <laughs> um, yeah. That I, a very nice um, gentleman who, very nice from my, my home area, said to me, what are you going to do, Judith? So I was about 14, and I said, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer. And he said, oh, no, no, you won't do that. And I said, why not? He said, no, you're a nice girl. You'll get married. So um, I, from then on, we had a bet that I would be a lawyer, and um, and he paid up. And he was a, he was a lovely man, but um, I had this terrible 
weakness that and people tell me I shouldn't do it, I can't do it, all the reasons why I'm just not up to it, I will have a go. <laughs> That's a great story because um, we've been uh, running some events where we've had the um, speak speakers from the Tertiary Education Commission. Yeah. Um, I don't know if people are aware of their Inspiring the Future program. And in that, they're looking for role models and their conversations are around the fact that you can't be what you can't see. And yeah. so your story about seeing someone on TV being a lawyer is exactly what they're talking about, you know. And um, we're trying to encourage some, particularly some of our younger leaders to step out and be role models because they've got a story, you know, They and, and people can't be what they can't see. Yeah, so a great little story. There. Yeah, so, so why are you going to Parliament? I mean, let's well, face I... it, I mean, it's not an easy <laughs> place to be. And, and when you were first elected, there weren't that, you know, women weren't in the majority, which they are now. Well, when I was at law school, we certainly weren't either. It's never been easy. Um, but then again, if it was easy, then anyone could do it. And um, what's the point? Mm. So uh, I'd been, as I said, a lawyer for 20 years. I did a lot of commercial tax work. I'd become very involved in the New Zealand Law Society and the Auckland District Law Society. In fact, I was president of the New of the Auckland District Law Society and vice president of New Zealand Law Society. So I'd been involved in the politics of the legal profession. And um, so it's probably good grounding um, experience-wise for coming into Parliament. And, um, and lawyers uh, often talk about herding cats when you're trying to get lawyers to do anything because everyone tends to have quite an individual view of things and are used to taking whichever side um, they're either paid to do or they feel like doing that day. And so, you know, you're dealing with and some you know highly intelligent people who who are not afraid to say what they think. So, um, I, and the other thing is I'd got involved in the National Party as a volunteer, and when opportunity came up, I thought I would do it and anyway, and then someone told me I shouldn't. So oh, that, no. was that was sealed. Yeah. That was absolutely sealed. <laughs> so you sound like someone who's always involved anyway, that's always yeah. put themselves out of the gear. Yeah, and, and I think anything that you want to do, if you can... Um, never rule yourself out for things um, mm. is a good thing because, you know, people sometimes say, well, what if you failed? Or what if you think, well, yeah, you're going to fail. Um, you're always going to fail. But it's like in the tech and science sectors. Um, yeah, well, if you're worried about failing, you're never actually going to achieve anything. Mm. And it's true. Yeah. Life. yeah. Hey, look, let's just say a little tan tangent there from just something you said, because I think you might have a few words of wisdom. Um, you know, it's been said that the current young, the younger generation, so I'm at the tail end of the baby boomer. Um, apparently we were joiners. We joined things even from when we were young. And then you get to the Gen Zs and the and the Gen Millennials, et cetera. You know, the theory is they're not joiners and they won't get involved. Have you got any words of like encouragement to that generation about get involved? Yeah, I think so. Um, so it's it's easy enough to become very focused on ourselves and our own issues and problems and and everything with life. The problem with that is that then that's all we do. That's all we become. Mm -hmm. And I found that, I mean, I've, I'm often known for, in a positive way, for my resilience. Well, resilience, unfortunately, comes from experience. And what I often find, though, is that there is always someone much worse off somewhere that we come across. And and so is it that joining helps us know that? Well, actually, I get my greatest enjoyment out of feeling that I am helping 
somebody or something to add value, to be part of a team. To me, that is incredibly enjoyable. And actually, by the way, very good for mental health, um, mm. being part of some community, some joining thing. And I think maybe um, for, for uh, you know uh, younger generations, I'd say if you join up to something, then you might just find you, you get to meet some really nice people who share similar views or values to yourself and interests. But that will help you in your daily life because it helps gives you give you that resilience and that strength to fall back on. Yeah, good good words. Okay, let's go back to your career. Yep. Um, <laughs> and, and so you're a lawyer. You've been in the um, you've been in the law society, um, and you you became a politician. So, what would be some words of wisdom for other people who might be considering a career in politics? I mean, I always think you have to have t- you have to have a like skin hard skin you know not let anything get through for example yeah um well people often say how do you cope you know that and i think well because number one i have i'm very fortunate i have a um a family that um i know loves me um and i love them and i think that's really helpful i have friends who are the same who are friends for years and years and years before politics and still are friends so that helps what I'd say to people is do something else before politics, if at all possible, because politics is a it's a tough business, mm-hmm. but it's also it's often not um, someone in politics is often not entirely dependent on your own work or your own worth, because it could be that if you're in you know, politics and and, um, central government. It could simply be that a party's time has gone to a sunset phase and you need, and you're going to be the the victim of that. It could be nothing to do with what you do. And so the trouble I see sometimes for some people coming into politics too early is they don't have something to fall back on. So they either don't have another career or they don't have work experience they don't have something that gives them some balance in their lives and family or whatever. So I would say that, you know, we see some people have been very successful like that. But the other question is for many, for how long? Or mm. um, are they not adding value while they're still there because they don't have anything else they could do? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't believe I was just talking to um, people in my house this week around, you know, Nancy Pelosi standing down as the Speaker of, the house, or she's not going to be it, obviously, because she hasn't got the votes next time around. But um, she's um, is she an octogenarian at the moment? Yes, or she's in the eighty-two. Yeah, they they last a long time in America. Yeah, they seem to value age and experience. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, so do the Chinese. <laughs> so yeah, I think um, what that does though is if you can withstand an awful lot for a long time. Um, you can actually withstand most things. So, I mean, I, I look at Nancy Pelosi's career and think, you know, she's she's had the slings and arrows and everything else, and she's still held herself up and gone done a job. So whether you agree with her or not, um, I always think you give credit where it's due. Yeah, yeah. Okay, look, moving back to you, you've been spokesperson or minister for, you talked about this for lots of portfolios, yeah. um, you know, justice, police. You picked up a few nicknames along the way. Well, I'm not, not going down that track, but no, um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> with your background as a lawyer, why have you, I want to come back to this thing about why you've picked up tech, because um, we're a tech users association, obviously. 
Um, was there something that drove you to ask for it, or were you, you know, was it the last one out of the pit, out of the marble pit? Um, and then why is there AI in that topic? Yeah, in that topic right. Well? Okay. So I was actually on the campaign trail in 2020 when I had the the wonderful hospital pass of here we are. You don't have to be the leader. I was going around businesses and we're talking about productivity and it was really clear to me the only way forward was in the tech area. And I found out that we had so many businesses in tech and deep tech that were just waiting for something to happen to help, you know, get themselves going Mm -hmm. a bit better. And it it was, it came to me that this was the way forward. Um, It was basically me going out and seeing stuff. And I'll just give you an example. You're talking about AI, Right. Well, I love all of this stuff. Why? Because I've seen how it works. I'm going to use an example. Sutton Tools and Kaipoi. I'm sure they won't mind me using this example. I was taken in there during the election campaign with yet another high-vis vest on uh, to go and look at, you know, drill bits being made. Right. Yeah. Doesn't sound better to me. You know, whatever. So we turned and actually I noticed... They had to go quite observant that these were being made by robotic arms. And they did have some, you know, humans doing some of the finer ones, but mostly robotic arms. And I talked to them about it. And I said, oh, this is this is great to see. Was, you know, productivity and all those sorts of things, safe and safety. And they said, I said, where do you get your robots from? I talked to men and said, well, you know, we got one from Germany and then we worked out that we could probably make a better one. And so now we make robots. Oh, yeah. And I looked at this and they had software developers working with engineers and they were making robots. And I actually was there recently. They've now, it's all now all robots doing the work. And that, of course, that means the factory can work 24 hours, seven days a week. And humans are there to make sure that the robots are working properly. Um, But the other thing is, is that now they're exporting robots to the States. So other people can make drill bits robotically. So I saw this as incredibly important. And there's no other spokesperson I'm aware of in, in Parliament um, for AI. And that is because AI to me is the way forward when it comes to services like health and um, you know all the information that we can put into, in, into um, software uh, that actually enables uh, diagnostic tools and this is this has to be the way forward so for me it is I'm fortunate too and I just I don't normally like to bring my family but my son is a software developer so I've I've also been able to see some of the things that he can do um, that's really inspired me too so you could say I'm learning from the younger generation yeah well done um, I would say that one of the things that um, it was impressive was um when you were leader, you took the lead in launching the the national the, you know the national party's technology policy, and I did. I was on the on the uh, webinar when you were presenting that. Um, so I don't think it was a great day for you no. in the end, <laughs> but but you did take the lead, and I thought you know that was important from from seeing you know because we know that technology is is, is important. Um, so you did take that. Then obviously things didn't quite go your way, but then you got back in. You, you you got given the technology um, portfolio. You've had it for about a year now, I think. Um, what, are, what are some of the highlights that you would say you've learned during that time? Well, um, obviously, we well, we had a tech summit um, what, two yeah. weeks ago now, and 
it's taken my very small team of me and and my staff member here in Parliament and some other people helping us out, um, helping to put it all together. And we had an incredibly successful tech summit where we are basically trying to get as many great ideas as we can so that we can put them into a policy to actually help rebuild the economy. Because, look, um, you know, two years ago, we talked about the need for the for this, for the economy. A lot of people just went, oh, no, we're fine, you know, not understanding. And now I think people can see with the with what's been going on is that things are going to get very tough and that our way forward has to be through technology and science and 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 being leveraging off the fact we have some some you know great universities we've got great research institutes we've got great people here and we need they need a bit of help and sometimes that helps around regulation sometimes it's around not too much regulation sometimes it's actually about setting some priorities um, as a country. And so it's showing some leadership in it. And so that's um, that I think the tech sub would have to be right up there. But I mean, honestly, I've just met so many people um, and I just, I'm always blown away by it. And um, and some of these overnight successes, Craig, that have been in deep tech, which is really the more science-based ones, you know, overnight successes after 15 years of living off the smell of an oily rag and um, putting enormous effort into things that could actually have global implications. I think I asked this 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 next question. I think I asked this also of your colleague, uh, Melissa Lee, when I talked to her a little while ago, and that is, uh, what would be some of the real tangible goals you'd personally be keen to see if you're in a position to take decisions in a future government? Well, I'd like us to be very much um, economically wise, uh, science led, right. and I see science as in you know tech science, you know, making decisions that are based on what works, mm. um, but also seeing us as a major export market. Uh, sorry, exporter um, of science and tech. Um, I would love to see New Zealand uh, not just have incubators uh, for tech but actually to be the incubator where we have, you know, a population of 5 million people. We're smaller than Melbourne. We have quite ethnic diversity within that population. Um, it's English speaking. We have people who want to be part of things. How can we, uh, and we're generally an, an early adopter of things. We like checking stuff out and doing stuff and working it out ourselves, don't we? And I just see us as having huge, I'd like to see, tech companies, um, not only starting up here, but scaling up from here, going global from here, wherever possible, retaining a New Zealand base, but not exclusively, um, but then feeding back capital and uh, ideas and people back into New Zealand to scale up other startups. So we are we become a virtuous circle. I would like to say, have people say, New Zealand, that's the innovation nation. That's the people you go to when you want a, a problem solved. They're the people who will do it. Mm, okay. I think I want to ask you one last question um, around this. You know, if we're going to be this digital nation, which we want, obviously, and, and you want us to be an exporter and innovator, um, we know that we've got an issue with resources and skills and people in particular, say talk people. We know that we have an issue of diversity and inclusion in tech. So there's lots of people that look like me in tech. 
um, and young guys coming through. I mean, how do you think we can better foster the bringing those young people who have different perspectives, different backgrounds, um, that diversity into these important digital roles? Well, we don't put them in a government agency and ask them to do that. Oh. Um, what we do is we let the private sector get on with it. I mean, I, I uh, found that I had no trouble getting a good range of diversity within the tech summit. Why? Because there are lots of people out there doing it. Uh, you don't, obviously, if you're the head of an organisation like Two Ends, you have had to have had a tremendous amount of experience over the years. Um, you're probably not going to have a 23-year-old to be head of Two Ends, right? Um, it's I hope a, not. Really, I've still got, no, got a no, job. No. But... Um, that doesn't mean to say that that's a problem. It means that that 22-year-old yeah. might one day go on to be that. But it's like understanding that diversity is not just about ethnicity. It's also about age. So, you know, we can have, we have people in their 80s uh, productively adding into the tech area right now all over the world and in New Zealand. And we have people in their, in their teens adding into it. It is actually the great enabler tech because it's not about your age. You don't have to be physically able to jump, you know, I don't know, ditches. You don't yeah. have to be able to tackle people. What you do have to be able to do is to think and then to understand that we don't know everything and it's good to use all those people. I think one of the best things we can do is to make, to celebrate just how exciting tech is in science and in our mm -hmm. schools to have tech out of being, as I've seen in some places, basically the cooking class and mm. turn it into the tech class and mm. to get kids out of those schoolrooms into, um, into the tech businesses so they can see it, see what their future, it's like you said at the very start, if you want to dream it, you've got to be able to yeah. see it first. Get them out of there and, and to say there is a purpose for you going to school and learning maths and algebra and calculus and trigonometry and, and geometry and stuff. The purpose is so you can do coding. It's purposes for you to be able to do all these other things and that you have a choice in life. Do you want to not have choices or do you want those choices? Now, you talk about skills and, and um, talent. It's true all over the world. All of our people I talk to all over the world, it's the same thing. So let's not stop people from coming to New Zealand. Let's have uh, an immigration policy that encourages innovation, tech and science and, and export markets. And that diversity will come with that. Um, plus, I think we want our own homegrown kids yeah. to understand there is a future and that future is tech. Mm. Yep. It's been a, a it's been a privilege and a pleasure to talk with you, Judith. You got any last comments or thoughts you'd like to share before we wrap up? Oh, I just think yeah, just like it's a, such a fun area, and yeah. um, there's not a problem that um, is found that can't find a solution. We've just got to yeah. go after it. Yeah, cool. Hey, thanks so much for um, giving us your time. Um, those of you that are watching, if you want to see it again, it'll be on our YouTube channel. Um, we're on every podcast platform you can think of apple google spotify um just and hit the subscribe button because we want you to listen to every which one we do every do each month but apart from that merry christmas everybody happy new year i hope you all take a good break over that period and judith i'm sure we'll be talking to you more in 2023 because it is going to be an election year after all is it not 
It certainly is. And bring it on, I say. Anyway, okay. thank you, Craig. Lovely. Right. Bye. 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 B